This is the Be The Solution live podcast. I'm Maria Quattrone, and this is Liam O'Donnell with Crowdcopia. Welcome, Liam, this morning. I'm so excited to speak with you. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. We're going to dive right in uh, so we can bring value this morning to everybody. So tell me, what is Crowdcopia and what do you all do? Crowdcopia, we're a private financial institution. We give uh, loans for fix and flip and fix and rental properties, mostly in Philadelphia. That's where we do almost all of our business. And we're affording people that to get financing just to do these projects and get through the construction and uh, acquisition of the property. And if I may, I'll go in a little bit on some of the terms that we offer. So we do 65% LTV loans. That's loan to value. And wherever the numbers of your deal fit in, we'll fund up to 100% of the acquisition and construction for on a property. So that's pretty much just the basics of uh, what we do. So let's do a scenario. Property acquisition cost is 150000 mm-hmm. It's 1,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. The repairs are going to cost about, let's say, 100000 Yep. So all in two fifty. All in two fifty, and the ARV on that is about three ninety five. No, three ninety five. Sorry, sorry, wrong, wrong, incorrect. The A- the ARV on that is three seventy five. Three seventy five. All right. So I'm gonna break out the calculator for this one. But so basically, what you do is we lend sixty five percent of that three seventy five, which is the ARV. So that means two forty three seven fifty. That's our total loan on the project. So we'll always escrow the full construction. So in this case, you said that the construction was 100, right? The purchase was 150. Correct. So that, so that leaves us funding towards closing 143,750. So that is how much we'll fund towards the purchase and the borrower is responsible for bringing the other 6250 to close it out. So we typically write these loans at nine months. We do have extension options if you know things get held up, of course, but... So what are you seeing happening in now, right now in the market? You have nine months. Are people completing in nine months? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like people have been, there's a lot of factors involved where it's been taking longer, especially for people on the rentals side of things, because banks, when you do a rental and you want to get out of our loan, the typical route is to refi it into another long-term loan, a DSCR, a 30-year loan. Correct. And we've seen that the banks have become in the last year or two, a a lot more stringent with their underwriting requirements. So we've seen people having a tougher time getting good terms. And then maybe they're like, oh, I want to wait for the rates to drop. Because as we all know, the rates have been pretty crazy this last, these last year or two years, ever since like the rates were super low in 2020, 2021, they just skyrocketed. April of 2022. Yeah. Yep. April of 2022. Yeah. So, but since then, we're starting to see them come in a little bit. So I'm hoping in the future that the refis are looking a little more attractive just for all uh, developers in the city. So let's just say, though, that this is what it is. What, that it's going to stay where it is right now and keep going? Yeah. I, don't think it, I don't think right now, to be fair, it's in the worst spot ever. I mean, historically, I didn't check the 30-year today, but yesterday it was at like a 6.6. Don't quote me on that, though. But I mean, historically, that's not a bad rate. Now, no, it's not. So that's now, what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, this is the hand that's dealt. So how can we still do deals and make money? Right? Yeah. Because everybody keeps saying, like, the rate, the rate, the rate. I bought my first house. 
And my first house, I paid, I think the rate was close to seven. And I didn't care. I think it was, night, what year was it? 2000. It was yeah. around seven. And I had an FHA loan. Uh, we're going back a while. It was, it was the first, I bought a condo. And so what if this is where we sit? Because it could be, maybe it isn't, but what if it is? Yeah. So this is my take on that whole thing. I think that no matter where we're at in the market, everything is priced in. So that's right. Yeah, you got a rate. Yeah. If you got a rate at 7% in a perfect world that the house affordability would be priced so that someone could afford it at a 7%. Now where things are wacky right now are we had, we have people that have 3% mortgages, two and a half percent mortgages. Who's going to want to sell their two and a half percent house and buy a house at seven right now. So there's just this sticky situation between sellers not wanting to sell because they're they've got a sweet deal on their mortgage. I mean, if I had a house at two and a half percent, I'd hold on to that forever. Yeah. And buyers, there's so much demand. Like it's it's a it's a weird spot in the market right now. But I think it is. It is a weird spot that we're carving our way out a little bit with the rates sort of coming down a little bit, but we'll see. It is so definitely an unusual time for sure. We didn't have to deal with that before, but it's always something. So the people that have the the owners of properties that live there that have low interest rates, they also have a ton of equity. Yes. And that ton of equity wouldn't have came if the last few years, three, four or five years hadn't happened. So pulling out all that equity to put down on the new property, taking the rate that you have now, and then hopefully as the rates do come down, maybe a point refinancing it because the value of real estate is going to continue to go up. Mm-hmm. And unless you plan to stay in that house forever, now might be the best time to make that move before the price increases even more. And we can see statistically through data that prices do increase over time. They have, they will continue. And especially at the fact of the low amount of inventory that is currently in the marketplace will cause rate prices to continue to increase unless that levels out. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, okay, I'm going to stay in the house I don't really love. I am ready for a move up house. You have to take that, you know, a little bit of faith and a little bit of understanding where the ind- where the market is and knowing that, I yeah, right, I didn't have this amount of equity the last time I bought or I just bought my home for the first time. And now it's time to move up. So it is, you know, I think this is a market where you really need to have a strong professional by your side to walk you through it and to lead down the path to get to where you want to go, right? Be the solution. Yeah. And whether that's on the regular home buy sell or the investor side, the same thing, because the last time I checked, I always say this all the time, you make your money on the buy. So buy right. No matter what the rates are, if you buy right, you understand where the market is and where the market is going and what the proper ARV is, then you still can make money in this state, right? 100%. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, like a lot of these people, the developers, they'll, it's still nice to have a rental property, you know, that's cash flowing. So even if you don't get the best, you know, front end terms, you got to put a decent amount of money down. That's a great asset to have either way. Like it's something that is worth your equity 
to hold a property where it the market's in a state where it's looking like it's going to keep going up and appreciating and the prices. So as your property appreciates and as your tenants continue to pay rent, you're just getting equity put into the house just over the course of 10, 20 years. Like that's a great asset to have. Absolutely. So I, I think that's coincidentally, we've mostly been seeing from loan applications coming in, I'd say 70 to 80% of them are rentals that are people are looking to do rather than flips. I think that boils down to, you know, a lot of things, including the cost of construction, material prices, and labor prices also have become going up and up. So those flips have been looking a little bit less attractive recently, unless, of course, you get a great deal on something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are always, you know, that's the thing in real estate. There always will be a way to make money, build equity, whether that's through flipping, burr, house hacking that people do, right? They can mm-hmm. buy a two unit, three unit, four unit. There's so many ways, you know, with the holding property, you get cash flow and somebody pays your mortgage. Yeah. You know, even if I know sometimes, you know, uh, we took a property and we refined it and we actually have to pay the mortgage. The tenant doesn't cover it, but we also consolidated into, I believe, 10 years we have mm-hmm. and we have a low rate. So now we took something out of 30 years and 10 years, it will be, we'll pay it off before then, but it'll be completely paid off. And that's a higher price point property too. So it was hard to make those number work, those numbers work, but it works for us. So I think the, the moral of the story is you have to look at everything individually. There is no like blanket anything. Mm-hmm. Every property, every client, every single thing is it it's it's there's no magic formula because everybody's people say all the time to me, um, you know, oh, I want a good deal. I said, oh, I don't know what that means. What does that mean to you? Because everybody's idea and the way that they look at investing is different. And I don't think there's a cookie cutter formula for what's in somebody's brain. Yeah. Because on paper, right, Liam, on paper, you have a formula. Here's the formula. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are like, okay, well, I want to do this or that, or, you know, they, they're pivoting in the sense of like what works for them. They may buy a piece of property that they plan on keeping till their kid is through in college and they didn't have the baby yet. And they'll, and they, it's in a good location and they'll pay a little bit more for that. And it's more of a generational buy. So there's lots of different ways that people look at investing. And I don't know if there's a right or wrong way. It's what works for you way. Yeah, agreed. Thoughts on that? I think that you pretty much summed it up there. Like, I agree that. That's good. So in regards to you're seeing 70 to 80% right now come in for buy and hold, buy, rehab, refi. Repeat. And repeat. That's yeah. what the BRRRR is for those people that don't know what that is. I took for granted that people do, but not everybody does. <laughs> but that's that is the majority, and that makes sense that that's the majority of the loans right now, because it definitely is harder to do a flip. But yeah. they're, they're, they still exist. They do. I mean, we still get a ton of them. Especially, the thing is, is the people that succeed best in something like a flip are the people that are very experienced 
and they've got their construction team and their contractors. They're all on point. It's the people that can move through it quickly because then when things get held up with a flip, like you're just losing money. Like if, if L and I hold something up, for example, and you didn't, you don't have all your ducks in a row on the construction, like that is just getting held up and you're losing money by the day. Versus like if that happens on a refi, I mean, you're still going to have the asset at the end of the day. But the flip is all about bottom line. It's short term cash, you know? Yeah, it's short term cash. And you have to you have to make sure you have that team lined up and they're ready to rock and roll. The yeah. day you close, the day you close, the day it funds. I've seen the most success with people who have everything lined up in advance. And some of the things that we do with those people also is that we'll walk the property with them prior to them actually even closing on it. And because sometimes, you know, they buy it from somebody else, like a wholesaler or something like that, if we're not in the representation. And then directing them on really what the best finishes are for that particular property in that particular area at that price point. So consulting on it and making, because you can't fix it. It's too difficult to fix it later. I hate cleaning up messes. I do clean up a lot of messes, but anyway, I'm good at cleaning up message, which is why we have BTS be the solution. But if getting it in advance and really looking at, you know, how do I maximize my value here? What things can I add? I always like a wow factor. Like there's like something that, you know, whether it's a fireplace or the island or something, you know, in the house that will draw attention, you know, dual color cabinets or special hardware, something that pops is really, it's, I think it's key. And when you're doing a flip, not too, not too stylistic, you know, not too any of any one particular taste. And cost and cost effective. Yeah. Is that's first value engineered. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Value engineered. Yeah, absolutely. Carlos does his own rehab to save on the cost. I'm looking at the comment. I am mean, Tanya, Carlos, it's on there. So I think that I'm excited about 2024. Optimistic. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely optimistic. I mean, after like the Fed decided to hold in late December and we started to see the rates come in a little bit. I mean, I think it's going to be great going right into the spring selling season. I think it's going to be personally, now this is all up in the air, just a guess, but I think it's going to be a great season for real estate this spring. Yes, I am very optimistic about it. I had a company meeting yesterday about everybody get prepared mentally, physically, and emotionally for the spring market because you have to run fast. And the last year, year and a half has been definitely much more difficult than years prior, but it is what it is. I said, you choose to be in this business, you roll with the punches or you get out. So it does require more effort. You probably have more applications that you have to go through. And we have to talk to a lot more people these days. And then even getting deals to stick, it's it's pretty crazy out there. But that's yeah. what we do best. Yeah. Right. Rock and roll. But I do believe in Philadelphia market. I know you're from Philadelphia, Liam. You went to Temple. Yeah. Um, school business. I went to Temple too. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Go out. Yes. <laughs> Dara also went to Temple. Anyways, the spring market generally breaks right after Super Bowl. So we have the Super Bowl tomorrow. And yeah. so, like a week later or so, we generally see a big uptick in traffic 
And this year it'll be based on how many people can go ahead and pull that trigger and put their house in the market, even though they have a longer, you know, excuse me, um, a, uh, a lesser rate and get them to the next house. So it's like one by one talking with people, getting them comfortable, showing them how they can do it and how financially it's not as bad as it seems it's, it, it will be at the higher number. Yeah. With the amount of money putting that larger sum down than they generally would have in the past. So, yeah, exciting times ahead. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually closing on my first house very, very soon. So, excited about that. Oh, that's excellent. Congratulations. Thanks. In Philadelphia? Yes, up in like Port Richmond, Kensington ish area. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Tanya. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And what made you decide that in particular area? I'm curious. I don't know. It it just fell into like it. It was like an off market thing. So, so I it had, I got it for a decent price, and I like the area. So it just was like I've I've been in the market for a while, and I never really saw anything that I liked. So I like this. Everything clicked. Yeah, you got a good price. It was in this pot that you liked, and. You like the house, what's in it. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some things that when an investor is doing a rehab for, let's say, for rent, that they can do that will help them save like some cost, whether that's on in the rehab or in the construction portion of it or the financial what are some things that yeah so as for the construction i'm not as well versed on on the construction side of things like at our company but i can speak to a couple of things i think that like some of the smartest stuff to do is just be prepared like if you're planning to save and that's like your style like i think that that might be the wrong or not you want to save as much as you can but I mean, you get in there and then all of a sudden it needs service, like water and sewer service that you can't tell before you close on it. You got to be prepared for that. You got to be prepared for if the heater or AC that you thought was working and needed a little bit of service. Well, now the system has to be replaced. You got to be prepared for that because we see a lot of people that, you know, try to keep stuff that's a little bit wishy-washy. And that can just hold you up even more because now right. they're in a situation where they didn't plan to swap out the whole HVAC system. Mm -hmm. And now they're footed with a $10,000 bill to do so that right. they weren't planning on. So I so just think contingency, having that contingency. Yeah, plan, in I think it's the smartest to plan for the worst, like worst case scenario first and see if it still makes sense there. That's great advice. Worst case yeah. scenario first. And and if and if it doesn't make sense, uh, make sense in the worst case scenario, then I think you got to be smart about it. So putting out what could go wrong when I open up the wall. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to be a detective. Even the best <laughs> contractors will miss stuff. So if you've got a guy that's great, like, and it's not because they're not the best, it's just the way that things are. I see that sure. happen all the time nobody right. has last time i checked we don't have x-ray vision so exactly we can't yep. see through walls and so i that's why you know i always estimate my prices a little bit when i'm looking at deals for people 
I always estimate a little bit higher in cost on the rehab because if that works at the higher number, then it's good. Then you just will, you know, have more revenue that will come in. But I'd rather be over than under. A hundred percent. Yep. Yep. And that and I always do a deal in the napkin. So does it work? Napkin math. It works napkin math. Do the deal. If it doesn't, forget about it. Yeah. There'll, there'll be more houses. There's lots of there's lots of properties. You just have to be patient. That's one of the things I've noticed. Patience. 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 Yeah. That too. Finding waiting around to find the right deal. Because I feel like a lot of people, they're just itching, you know, to get something done. They're like, I want to get in. I want to make money, experience all this. And they end up just getting themselves into a deal that, that didn't make sense in the beginning, you know. So patience is another great thing, I think, as well. Just waiting and sitting around and finding the right one and then moving on it, you know. Having all the ducks in line, everything yep. ready to go. You close, if funds, you start. Mm-hmm. You don't start. You don't start getting your stuff together after you close your fund, you start immediately Mm -hmm. and how quickly can you get in and out of it? Because like you mentioned, Liam, the time, time is money in flips more so than in any other quicker that you can get that back on the market and sold the quicker you're out, you pay back crowd copia and then you do, you know, you you already have your next one lined up. Yep. Exactly. how many can you do in your time is based upon, well, obviously, your capacity with your construction crew and your capacity from a financial and psychological standpoint. People forget about the psychological part of it. There's That is a real thing. How much capacity do you have? It's just like selling property how much capacity do you have how many clients can you work with when you know what your capacity is i think a lot of times i see people take on too much yeah i i agree people definitely do it's something that everyone does including myself you overestimate your capability to do something i do it at work all the time where i'm like yeah mike or whoever i can take this on like yeah, I'll I'll help you out with this. And then all of a sudden I've got too much stuff and I can't do anything now. <laughs> Just a bit of a metaphor for yeah. me. So I, I you know, I solved I solved that problem. I put everything in a calendar and I work by a time block calendar. So if it doesn't fit in there, then something else has got to go. Mm-hmm. And it's just actually it's not an easy thing to do. You really have to be extremely disciplined with it because, you know, we get pulled in a lot of directions. However, we get to choose, Liam. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. We get to choose. So we can either choose to be as efficient as possible or choose to be all over the place. Sometimes people like chaos. Don't get me wrong. But you know what they say, Liam? Give the busiest person the work to do because they're the ones generally who will get it done. Yeah. So some things that I've learned over the years. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, a lot of learning experiences. So it's okay. Failure is okay. As long as you can learn from it because it's an expensive lesson. If you can't, if you can't 
learn. But if you learn, then it's just the cost of of the lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do we think? I, I feel like you have you're optimistic about the year. You think we're gonna have a good year. Yeah, I I, I think the whole market, like the real estate industry, I think twenty twenty four is gonna be a good year for that. Now that's just speculation, of course. If yeah. No one can really see the future like perfectly, but no. I think with a pretty good guess, I'd say uh it's gonna be a great year. Well what the we rate. can Yeah. You yeah, you're right. you can't see the future. But what we can do is create our own economy. And so we don't need to rely on who's president, who's the mayor, who's uh what the rates are. Right? Because people still will buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you open up the MLS and you look at how many transactions happened last month, somebody was somebody was in that transaction. And so our job is to make sure that we're the ones representing those people. Mm-hmm. And that means we have to talk to more people. So mm-hmm. now when we're finished this, I'm going to be headed over to the office to talk to people, make calls. And then I have another podcast at one thirty. How nice! <laughs> rocking and rolling. Not I'm going to be I'm going to be lounging around on the couch for a couple hours after this. <laughs> well, you you do you, Liam. It was great having you on this morning. Uh, thank you for your insight. Uh, we look forward to uh, working uh, with you guys more, and uh, I'm excited. I want to do an event. Uh, for real estate investors. So we'll talk uh, about Absolutely. That. Get me with the invite. I'll be there. Yeah. Well, I want to, yeah, I want to talk to you about it. It's going to be uh, in March. So I'll reach out. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on Be The Solution podcast. Yep. And Thank you for having me. And I wanted to say, if anyone has anything that they're looking to do, uh, feel free to shoot an email to me at liamatcrowdcopia.com if you're looking for financing on your next flip or your fix and flip or fix and rehab. I'll drop the email in the comments. All right. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Have a great one. Thank you so much.